This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. I'm your host, Charlie McDermott. Welcome to episode number 596 of the Good Neighbor Podcast. And today we have Brian Kramer. He's with Jermaine Toyota of Naples. Brian, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for being part of the show. And uh, thank you for all you guys have done for the community, my goodness, for decades. So really looking forward to hearing about Jermaine Toyota of Naples and uh, some of the history. So let's start there. Tell us about the company. So the Jermaine Motor Company was founded back in 1947 by Warren Jermaine. And it's an interesting story because Warren Jermaine was Henry Ford's accountant. And that's uh, the, the Jermaines that I work for. That's their grandfather, great grandfather. And his, reti- his retirement gift was a Lincoln dealership in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, <laughs> wow. It, and Very it started cool. off at, yeah, so that was, you know, in Bexley, Ohio is where it started. And in the late 60s, uh, Robert Germain Sr. Uh, got a partnership with Toyota, you know, which back then wasn't uh, considered yeah. a, a big volume product and it wasn't you know very exciting back in the late 60s early 70s but that changed right. shortly after that so through their relationships with uh toyota you know they were able to get lexus dealerships actually broke around the first lexus dealerships in the united states and they they formed uh, actually when i started i started with them in 1998 and they had two dealerships in ohio four dealerships down here in florida and if you wow. add them all up today i bet you i mean it, uh, there's two sides to the family but I think it's, uh, you know, in the almost, you know, just under 50 uh, dealerships now. Yeah. But I, <clears throat> Bob Germain, you know, I work for Rick Germain. I've worked for Steve Germain, the other brother. And uh, Bob Germain is, is, is the other brother. And uh, now they're the next generation's taking over for, for the family. But I asked Bob Germain, I said, how did, how did you guys end up in Naples, Florida? And he said, it was yeah. an interesting story. We were looking at dealerships on the East coast and, you know, we're, kind of you know looking at closing on a few and we were at the super bowl in uh, new orleans in 1975 right when the superdome opened he said we were sitting next to mr mr barnett whose son is now the you know the mayor of naples and they owned the dealership at the time and they he's he said hey are you looking for a dealership we got a lincoln dealership in naples florida he said where is that at he goes it's a little sleepy fishing village on the west coast Uh, (laughs) what is there to do there he goes it's just a big pier and a lot of fishing and uh, he said, but, you know, if, if you want Lincoln, you got to you got to take all the other ones with you got to take Toyota, Honda and BMW, because back then Lincoln was the dominant brand. Right. And they said it's a package yeah. deal. You can't just take the, you know, the crown jewel and not take those other. And obviously BMW <laughs> and the, you know, yeah. Toyota, Toyota becomes Lexus. And that ended up becoming wow. a, a shrewd, a shrewd deal. And when Naples, and Naples becomes Naples, map, <laughs> Naples becomes Naples. Well said. <laughs> Wow. Oh, you just never know. That's awesome. So so you guys cover a, a, a lot of different uh, what manufacturers. What's the proper brands, I guess, is probably the better. Brands and correct. manufacturers. Yeah. yeah, so they, yeah. Uh, well, you got some brands like Ford and Lincoln, you know, are, is their brand. And uh, yeah. but I guess Ford's ultimately the manufacturer. But we between the three brothers, there's a handful that we don't cover, uh, you yeah. know, between here, Columbus, Michigan, um, Steve Germain's side of the, of the uh, group. Wow. But, you know, we all work well together and have an amazing uh, 
amazing group of people. I, when I started with Rick Germain, he, he personally, you know, took me under his wing and trained me on customer service. And he really wanted to bring a, they always compared it to the Ritz Carlton in Naples, you know, and they, you know, all three of the brothers. And they, they said, that's the, that's the experience that they should experience no matter what the brand, no matter what type of vehicle they're buying. I've worked for, for these gentlemen at Mercedes, Lexus. I worked for them in Columbus and okay. you know multiple multiple locations but cadillac mm-hmm. no matter what the location it it's the same standard yeah. they you know they want best in class uh customer satisfaction which they they all do and they're very uh, well respected in the auto industry and they don't try to compete with other car dealers from the experience standpoint they're looking at the ritz carlton they're looking at apple they're looking at at brands like that to try to try to really transform the auto industry the way it's perceived and and deliver you know a, a disney type experience yeah love it love it so i mean from a culture standpoint also sounds like you guys really have it locked in family owned you know even though you you've got all these different locations i'm sure the feel is hometown uh you know get to know your neighbor type of a experience so good for you yeah, guys and they, and they focused on they want to make sure that people take the day off we, we're closed on july 4th which is not normal for car dealers and uh, they stick to it and, and, and they're highly committed to it. We bring in uh, Ohio State uh, consultants from the Ohio State University that uh-huh. teach culture teach culture to the football team. So uh, we brought them into this location to teach us. And we, that's basically what we run as our culture playbook is what Urban Meyer ran for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Yeah. Can they teach Penn State how to uh, beat Ohio State? Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you, when I was, when I was up there, I didn't graduate i didn't i didn't go to ohio state for very long but uh it was the other way around i remember yeah. john carter and it was uh yeah penn state wasn't winning a lot when i was there <laughs> or, i'm sorry ohio state ohio state wasn't I, winning yeah. Penn state. yeah 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 arrington yes yes uh those were the days oh well yeah all comes in cycles right yes, so it does You've been doing this at least with Jermaine since you said 1998, right? Yes. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So tell us a little bit about your journey and and you did you start in Ohio? I started in Ohio. I didn't start at that location. I started as a lot porter uh, in high school, uh, car dealership, an Oldsmobile dealership, ironically, and uh, wow. which doesn't the Pontiac that doesn't even exist anymore. But I. You know, went to Ohio State. I, I I didn't go there for very long because I I started selling cars and it was very lucrative at the time. And I wish I would have I wish I would have finished college, but I went back to sell cars. I said I'll get to it maybe next summer or the summer after that. And now it's twenty six summers later. <laughs> the, these these gentlemen gave me an opportunity at a very yeah. early age to sell cars and and uh, be a finance manager, uh, general sales manager, general manager at at the age of twenty four at a Mercedes Benz dealership up there, which yeah. I don't, I don't think I would have done. And that let me run multiple dealerships a few years later and yeah. open up a, a real exciting, uh, you know, n- new group of businesses for them. And they've, uh, they've been very good to me. They've been very good to a lot of people. There's a lot of amazing yeah. talent in this industry. That's, that's come out of all of these dealerships that are, you know, the, one of the gentlemen that used to work for us is running auto nation now. Um, there's just, yeah, they, uh, they, they're very good at attracting talent. They're, they're great to work for, and they really believe in giving back to the community. Yeah. Wow. Great stuff. So miss 
you know, misconceptions in the auto industry. What do you hear? There's probably uh, one or two. Uh, what what comes to mind? I've been hearing them my whole life. <laughs> and, and I'll I'll tell you this now. I I'm at this point in my life. You know, I'm in my mid forties, and I'm now on a quest because of you know a lot of people vilify Carvana, they vilify Broom, they vilify CarMax, and I think that as an industry, there's a lot that we can learn from them. And I think that the way that they do business is, you know, uh, everybody has chinks in their armor and everybody can do a better job. But overall, a lot of the stereotypes and the misconceptions are are justified. I experienced them in the 90s. And I think that the industry has come a really long way. I think it's still got a really long way to go. Some of it from a digital standpoint, you know, the tag and title DMVs across the country, uh, there's some friction between who can agree on how we should do this and do that. So that's caught up in this bureaucracy mm -hmm. that's slowing down commerce. And if they could ever agree what year it is, then, you know, <laughs> we could move forward a lot, but we've got a lot to, to do as an industry ourselves with being more transparent. Uh, you know, we, we changed our marketing strategy last year during COVID because it didn't seem, and it was against everything I've ever known. You know, I've been in this since I was a kid and we stopped advertising big, discounts and advertising you know we get the most we're the best we do this we do that and 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 the Jermaine family is considered definitely one of the best and they they do all those things right but right. there's no value to the consumer that we've got 900 cars in stock and we've got yeah. discounts as big as that so now we changed our slogan and it was a real transformation i think for the not, not just us but for a lot of dealers we changed our tagline to simple fast easy instead of you know this huge blowout extravaganza and that's a much harder uh message to deliver on you know it's easy to discount cars and it's easy to do all these other things but it's it's really hard to make it simple fast and easy and really uh deliver on that and when the now that we advertise it when, when we don't deliver on it we hear about it, i hear about it and i think mm -hmm. it, it, it's a it's a great halo but it also holds us it puts pressure on us in a good way to yep. be better and I, we're hoping to, you know, use, well, the Jermaine's goal is to change the way that people buy cars and change the way they, the perception of the car business. I would love nothing more than, you know, for my kids or their kids to look at the, the car. You know, when I got in the car business, everybody said, you're going to drop out of college and you're going, you're going to do what? Yeah. And, yeah. and I, <laughs> and I said to Mr. Jermaine that at one point and he, it was really cool. I said, you know, this is just a temporary thing until I get uh, to figure out what I'm going to do. And he said, why would you say that? And I said, well, you know, it's the car business. It's not really a career. It's not the way people perceive it. And he said, why is that? And it's kind of similar to this conversation. He said, well, and I was I think 20 or 21 at the time, eating lunch with him. And he said, well, why don't you help me change it? Because I agree with you. Wow. Wow. And he introduced me to Horst Schultze from Ritz Carlton, had him come in and speak to, uh, our dealer group up in Ohio about what, and I'd never heard anybody talk like that about, about yeah. how passionate he was about delivering excellence. And they've, uh, I've been very fortunate as many of us are, they, they bring in speakers or they've sent us to see speakers and, and be exposed to all these different things that you don't think of in the auto retail industry. And yeah. it's an amazing business, but the stigma to your point is there, and there's still a lot of, a lot of uh, justification yeah. for it. Cause there's still a lot of people not doing it the right way. Yeah. And it and it hurts the industry as a whole. So our goal is to is to be the light in that and change it. Yeah. 
Wow. So, so powerful. I, I, I mean, this, this has been an, an eye-opener, Brian. I, I had no idea we'd, we'd go this deep. But, you know, your point about, you know, the, the simple, fast, easy, and the importance of, of putting that out there to the community, to your team, the culture of Jermaine is all driven by that now. Uh, and, and that's in everyone's the back of their mind and, and in the forefront of where you're going. And, um, you know, that, that is so powerful, but yeah, industry-wide it's it's wise. It's probably like, you know, turning an aircraft character or character. It's a great (laughs) analogy. You know, it's like, you don't just make a hard right. It's like, (laughs) it takes time, but you, you do it day by day, little by little. So kudos to you guys. That's awesome. So. No, and, and we used it. I, I had a vendor in here the other day that was trying to sell us something. And he said, hey, if you did this and put this, you know, this widget on here, uh, there's this much incremental profit. And this is where it gets really challenging. And yeah. I, I said, right. And it was a big number. And I said, but it's not aligned with simple, fast and easy. And my manager said, that's not aligned with our core values. That's going to slow the process down. That's going to take an extra 15 minutes. And that's even if there was some incremental profit, Either we stand for something or we don't. And if not, we need to change our core values. Because if we're going to say we're simple, fast, and easy, and then we're going to add friction to the process, then that's yeah. not really what we're all about. And now they're holding me accountable and holding the, the uh, vendors accountable. And, and the, they couldn't say anything. They said, yeah, but the money. And I go, well, it's not. <laughs> you know, that's not a long-term, that's not the long-term game. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Great stuff. How about outside of business? What are you doing for fun? Uh, I've got two uh, two daughters. Uh, they're in Naples. Go. They love it. My wife uh, it, it has them highly engaged in martial arts and volleyball. Southwest Florida, I didn't know, it was is uh, very ravenous when it comes to girls' volleyball, and it's highly competitive. And I'll, I never saw myself becoming addicted to girls' volleyball, but it's uh, – I mean, when I go to these high school basketball games, it's more intense than when I played high school football. I mean, it oh, is yeah. – I mean, they're packed houses. They're – uh, wow. the passion and the energy and electricity it's i i couldn't believe it oh wow well, i did not know that wow i didn't and i'll tell you something cool that happened to me about a week ago i was at a baron collier um golf uh golf the gulf coast uh high school uh volleyball game and it was at baron the power went out and it was halfway through the national anthem and it just the po the pa went out yeah, yeah. As soon as it stopped, the entire room, which was a packed house, start kept on singing the Star Spangled wow. Banner louder than the PA was. It made the hair on my arms stand straight up. So it right. puts some hope and it makes me love Southwest yeah. Florida. And you know, I went to Vegas last week and uh, Chicago before that, and and you see what's happening all over the country, and yeah. it makes you really appreciate where we live and and the community that we live in. I'm, I thank my lucky stars uh, just about every day, you know, when you because we still have family and friends in Pennsylvania and we still hear some of the, you know, quasi madness, whatever you want to call it. And it's just uh, just not this is this is where you want to be if you want to live. And, and I'll, We're in a I'll bubble, leave it right? at that. <laughs> I mean, it's like a bubble. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Hey, so. Speaking of that, kind of on the same level, you know, life challenge. Uh, you know, what comes to mind a period of time that you were challenged? And, you know, you're looking back now and say, hey, because of that, I'm where I am today, I'm better for it. I'm stronger. 
oh there's a there's there's a I don't know where to begin. I, I guess I'll begin with this dealership, right? When I got to this dealership, uh, we were still doing things on paper. I had been with the company. I left them with the automation for a little while and I came back and we were still, we still had, you know, which many dealers are doing today, additional dealer profit on the, uh, on the windows of the cars. And that's something mm -hmm. that everybody used to do way back when. And it was, mm -hmm. you know, what's that, what's that for? Well, it's, it's a market adjustment. And right now there's a lot of dealers that are doing that. And we made the hard decision that we're not going to do that. Even though we could, doesn't mean that we should. And I remember telling the entire staff, you know, and, and their initial short-term perception was, is that we were cutting their pay. And I said, we're not cutting your pay. We're doing the right thing. And we're not going to take advantage of people because that's what you do to the community. And they still had in place from an inventory shortage that was going on. But even with this inventory shortage, which is a very intense one, we're still making yeah. a disciplined decision that we're not going to mark cars up over MSRP, uh, no matter what. So, and it's a it's a long term play. But I know that the pain, as we were calling all these customers back, and they and they said no. You know, I remember last time. I'm just going to hold off. You know, because we there was a, a three year period of time where we weren't doing that, right? And yeah. We had to relive and reestablish all those relationships with this community and we had to make it right and we had to you know do what we should have done to begin with a lot of a lot of salespeople at that time weren't aligned with that culture or that vision or or looking at it through the customer's lens so yeah. a lot of them left so we were short staffed and in, in the, in the back when there was an off season and i was freak i was freaking out <laughs> didn't have enough people to wait on everybody because they said if we're going to do this and so we made the hard decision to, uh, you know, just take all of those off and short term make less profit just mm -hmm. to, you know, we had a long term play in mind, but mm -hmm. it was, uh, you know, ulcer inducing, you know, to, to go say, through, you know? through that because it was a horrible it, J curve. It went down before it went up. It, it you know, on paper, it, you can easily say, yes, short term pain, long term gain, but living through that. And, and the virtual hell that you go through with, with staffing and, and looking at the finances, because, hey, at the end of the day, businesses need to make a profit or they're no longer in business. And, and having that faith and fortitude, um, but, but at the same time, the stress of, oh, my goodness, you know, it's like I knew we were going to go there financially, but uh, I have the faith that we're going to, you know, have that uptick, significant uptick because yeah, you know, the residents appreciate what you're doing and, and, uh, long-term that's that. And, and you, I couldn't have done it without Mr. Germain because he had a, he had a tough stomach to, uh, to go through that. Yeah. Luckily I'd known him since I was a, you know, a teenager, because if not, I'm sure he probably would have parted ways with me because there were some times where it was, uh, it was panic inducing and you couldn't, yeah. it wasn't so clear to see that it was going to, work because yeah. it was getting worse for three months before it started to trend back up and there was a, a lot of panic on my part you know especially so i look at it like uh in the 49ers you know when bill walsh took over the 49ers mm. denny debartolo jr had his back and he went you know from it was already horrible two and 14 but he had another two and 14 and then three and 13 and the whole city was ready to turn on him and then he went 14 and two and oh my God, if eddie yeah. debartolo jr didn't back him up yeah. Then the 49ers weren't the 49ers in the 80s.
Wow. I forgot about that, man. I didn't realize they were that pathetic for three years. Jeez. Right? With Bill, yeah, you think about the dynasty, but you don't think uh, – and he – you know, there's a book called The Score Takes Care of Itself, but he had to go through and, you know, make certain draft picks. But he had to – he said he had to root out a lot of veteran players, and there was big-name players on there. O.J. Simpson was a, was a running back at, th- at that That's time. That's right. And, yeah. And yeah. he had to part ways with him and the contract, and he was focused on how they were answering the phones, and they said, this guy's worried about – you know, phone extensions, how calls are routed. And he doesn't know, and said he doesn't have a timetable for winning a Super Bowl because he was working on, you know, his, his, if, yeah. if you take care of all the ele- the, the yeah. fundamentals and execute on them well, the score takes care of itself. Wow. Yeah. A lot of little things make a successful team and company. So, wow. Good stuff, Brian. So, how about one thing you wish our listeners knew about? Jermaine Toyota of Naples, what would that be? That we're, we are fully committed to making it simple, fast, and easy. We want to, we want the community to not just think about us when they're buying a Toyota. We want them to, we want it to be the only choice when they're thinking about an automobile because that we can sell, deliver, and give them an experience that nobody else is able to deliver. That's, that's truly peerless. And, you know, it's still a working process and we're not, obviously we'll never be there, but it's by giving them back their time. I think that's the ultimate commodity. And, and there's a lot of dealerships and businesses in general that deliver a time tax on people and they take away half of their day off. That's so precious right now. And when you waste their time, you got to wait on this and do this and be sitting in a dealership for hours when you could be at the beach somewhere, so many amazing places around here, it's almost criminal to uh, not make your business efficient so that yeah. people can get on with their, their lives. You know, and the, the other thing that we're doing, and we just made a, a recent decision to do this and, and it's an expensive one, you know, this is a, it's a blue zone down here. So we were, we're working in partnership with Toyota and we asked them what we could do to, you know, with the environment and, mm-hmm. and making sure to be a part of that blue zone. There's a kind of a lot of electric vehicles coming down the pipe, a lot of new technology, a lot of the 26 new models in the next three years that are going to be hybrid electrified. Uh, the whole, it's going to be with, with every auto manufacturer, it's going to be yeah. Yeah. one of the biggest industrial revolutions for this electrification uh, deal in a mass level yeah. and the imp- infrastructure that goes with it at gas stations. And I guess you call them yeah. electric, whatever you're going to, whatever they're going to call them. <clears throat> but we took, we, we asked them what we go from a sustainability standpoint, what else can we do? So we just did a site survey. We're changing out our lighting. Uh, we're going all LED uh, to mm. reduce our carbon footprint, you know, 25 to 30%. We're installing solar panels on the whole top of the dealership to, you know, bring power right. back to the store. Uh, we're working on water sustainment and water reduction and, and different plants that, that consume less water. Mm. Mm. And the final piece of that is we're going to be uh, reaching out local, like the, the Naples Conservancy and places like that to uh, help plant mangrove trees and and give back to the community in in a sustainable way. Wow, sheesh! <laughs> We've covered so much, and, <laughs> and you know, I'm again. What I love about the Good Neighbor Podcast is it, it gives businesses that platform to share. You know, some of the things that no one knows uh, or very few, you know, it, it, you guys are doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do, but probably 
very few of the residents are aware of that. You know, certainly your, your team, they know it, they're involved, but it, this is a great message to get out there. So I know we have listeners who want to get in touch, want to learn more, want to stop by, you know, what, what's the best way for them to do so? Uh, to get on Jermaine Toyota of Naples.com. Uh, look us up on social. We've got a Facebook page. We've got a LinkedIn page. We've got a TikTok page now. Woo! We've got uh, Instagram. All, right? <laughs> We're uh, you know, appealing to multi-generations and and uh, you know, however they want to purchase, we deliver vehicles remotely. We do offsite. We can. We actually do 100% paperless transactions. So we are now at a point on a on purchasing a vehicle. We're one of a handful of dealerships in the United States, actually, out of 17,000 that uh, you would give you a, a USB drive at the end of the transaction, or we can text or email all of it to you, like uh, it should have been a long time ago, and wow. you don't have to walk out with a stack of papers that thick, and we really just try to reduce all of that carbon footprint as well. But yeah, so it's it's paperless. If you're in, if you're a snowbird, you're up in New York, and your, you know, spouse is down here, and you're up, you know, mm. up north. We can text the paperwork. We can email it. We'll bring the car to you here locally, remotely. We appraise cars offsite. You can appraise them online. Click on our website, just like all the other retailers, and we'll give you a, a, mm. a cash value. We'll buy the car for you even if you don't buy one from us. So we'll make it, we'll do it however the, the community wants to do business, come to them, come here. Uh, we'll make it easy. Sounds like it's simple, fast, and easy to me. <laughs> Thank you for helping me share that message. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Brian, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for all you guys are doing for the community and, and we wish you absolute best going forward there. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast. To nominate your favorite local business to be featured on the show, go to goodneighborpodcast.com. That's goodneighborpodcast.com. Or call us at 239-224-4105.